My name is Matt Brown. Are you? I'm D. Wade. And let's start the show. Keel O'Neill. I can say it in sound Kenny language. Kenny the Jet Smith and Charles Barkley. You can do what? I can say it in sound language. Are you not entertained? I said, are you not entertained? See? What's up? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, October 21st, 2022, and we have quite the NBA preview show for each and every one of you. Before we get into that, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. Don't forget to check us out in the world of social media on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdConvoPod, or on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So... As I said, we're going to preview the NBA season. And I just want to first say, this is my second time doing this at about midnight, right before the show was about to be, you know, you mix your sessions together. I mix the music. I mix the interview. I mix this opening monologue and closing monologue. And as we're about to finally complete it, the whole computer crashes. Now I'm producing this podcast on a 10 year old laptop and I'm trying, you know, I I haven't been, I have a, I I don't have a good working situation in the sense that I'm working and I'm just being, I just work enough to pay my bills and I really need a new laptop soon because, you know, it's not against the laptop, it's just old, 2012 Mac, it's 2022 and I appreciate it, it has lasted this long and shouts to Apple for that, but it just stinks that, uh, Stuff like this happens, but we keep pushing through. We don't give up, and thank goodness that we were able to still complete and make the show what it is because you are the greatest fans and listeners in the world, and you deserve great content, and I'm willing to push through to make it happen, and thank God we did, but um, I just want to say that soon I need a new laptop, but regardless, that is another problem for another day, and we still have a great NBA show for each and every one of you. Plus, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been celebrating the second anniversary of this podcast. A lot of a lot of great compliments, a lot of thank yous, a lot of reposting the second anniversary celebration post, if you will. I just want to thank all of you for supporting me and helping me out and uh, helping grow this brand. And it was cool to announce the team in full with both the recent collaborators and contributors, Dolo, and what he does behind the scenes for this show. And I'm just very humbled that we have the greatest, greatest support team to make this work and the greatest fans in the world to make this a uh, special experience. So I just want to thank you all for that. And besides that, I just want to get you all repped and ready to go because we're about to kick off the NBA season with a stellar NBA productive conversation. NBA season started this week and I have two of the best, two of the best contributors of this show to preview the NBA season with me. First Faces New Ideas, aka David Bach is here and Alex Ranelio as we hit the big headlines like what is LeBron going to do with the Lakers? How is the Celtics going to bounce back after their coach was caught being horny? And uh, suspended this season. 
What is the Cavs going to do uh, adding Donovan Mitchell? Are the Knicks going to be viable? What is the Suns going to do after their owner was caught in some very, very bad allegations? How's Nikola Jokic going to help the Nuggets finally make it even deeper in the playoffs after being re-signed this offseason. Those stories and more, and it's going to be a great ride. So let's get to it. Let's talk about the NBA. Fresh faces, new ideas. Alex, it's your guys' turn once again. Let's break down this season. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. All right, I know October has been a lot of fun with the baseball and the football, but there's also another sport that just started its new season this week. Well, two seasons. We had the NHL a week ago, and this week, the National Basketball Association's 2022-2023 to season has begun. After the Celtics won their fourth championship in the Steph Curry era, in an offseason of one major player trying to get his coach and GM fired. We had horny coaches. We had players fighting amongst each other in training camp. And now it is all up to a head that we could kick off a new NBC, NBA season with that and more. So let's do it, NBA crew. My NBA Productive Conversations crew. Today joining us, Alex Renelio. What up? What up, man? Happy to be back. And we also have fresh faces, new ideas here. What's up? Hey, I know I haven't been streaming in a while. I hope to get back to it in the next couple weeks. So there's that. Hey, man, we know you are going to do it. Especially, I know you have a, for especially what you do specifically, the next couple weeks are going to be quite busy with the midterm elections and everything. Fuck yeah. I hope I get some stuff before that. <laughs> Good times ahead. So we'll focus on those politics in a couple weeks, but now let's focus on the start of the NBA. And uh, this is going to be a good one. As I said, after quite a controversial offseason for lots of teams, um, it's time to now jump right into it. So let's start with Alex's team and the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron's in year 20. There's questions of Russell Westbrook. Is he coming off the bench? Is he not? And uh, we have a Anthony Anthony Davis for now. And um, after missing the playoffs, it's time for them to, uh, I think, try to get some glory back. Especially the time is, especially the clock is ticking for LeBron. So for you two, we'll start with the Lakers. Do we think in year twenty that LeBron James has any chance to to allow the Lakers to be a dominant in the West? Sure, you go first. Man. Oh boy, uh, gonna made me eat crow first. Um, I'm pretty. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I'm pretty black pilled about this team. I'm just looking down the roster. It seems like a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, you know, peons for LeBron's um, reign there in, in in Los Angeles. I think that ultimately. we're we're going to see kind of a transition of power in this organization as the season goes on. I think it's going to be really a passing of the keys to Anthony Davis, um, particularly in the second half of the season when they, you know, shift their future into his hands as long as, you know, his health and and his well-being is intact. But I think that's kind of been, you know, the premier focus the past two seasons, uh, particularly last year. And I think that, um, you know, you'll see LeBron kind of take, you know, uh, uh, frequent amount of possessions off on defense and kind of, you know, regress into more like that top eight, top 10 kind of player 
uh, realm, I think, in the league. Um, and I think that we'll see probably a little hike and boost in, um, in productivity and stat-wise for Anthony Davis. But I think that this team is, you know, looking to be probably around the bottom half of the, uh, the Western Conference um, in, in the playoff pick. We're looking at maybe around like a five to an eight seed, I believe. That's not Lakers like. That is the most gotta, optimistic take I think I've ever heard for this team. I got to call balls and strikes with this team. I just don't have a whole lot of faith in LeBron's um, the, the roster. No, you're going to have one highlight for this season, and it's when LeBron breaks the scoring record. And then yeah, your right. second highlight is when they trade him and Anthony Davis. Trade LeBron and Anthony Davis. They're going to force him. Look, this, this roster is terrible. It is this roster objectively outside of the top three. It, it's probably the worst four through 10 of like any team in the league, short of like Utah, who's objectively trying to be bad and still has some pieces. Like this team is terrible. It is just bad. I don't like there's you're you're conservatively the 10th best team in the West. Uh, oh, my goodness. It's. It's not like I don't and I and look, I'm going to I'm going to say this and I, and I I'm going to reiterate this, I assume at some point there. The the idea that like like trading Ross and the two first for for uh, Tucker and Heald uh, or for um Turner and Heald. Yeah, I mean, it's going to make you, you know, probably make the playoffs, but it's not going to fix. You're not going to win a title for that. You're going to give up control for the rest of the, the, the decade. It's not worth it for that trade. Um, if you're looking for an actual big. That's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. I think it's Wes and one pick for for Jakob Pertl. Mm-hmm. I think that's look. I, I people are like, oh, you want Miles Turner? You want Miles Turner? It's like Jakob Pertl sitting there. Like San Antonio, we do. There's one other center on the roster. It's Gorgie Jang. All right. It looks like we have a streaming issue that should pop off in every second, um, but. Reiterating yeah. off of that point, Alex, do you feel the? Do you agree with Bach on this? That it's they would trade LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Well, you may have to, depending on the progression of the season. If it feels like it's a sinking ship, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, do you imagine it, those headlines? And who would? Where, yeah. where would he fit? The Knicks? yeah. Well, he's not going to fit a whole lot of places. I mean, he's trying to you know line up the time the timing with uh to get Bronny in Cleveland or wherever he gets drafted but I just I just think it's pie in the sky I think this team well now when I said you know a five through eight at the bottom half of the postseason for the Western Conference I'm taking it two things into into, into consideration I'm expecting the Western Conference to take a step back and make it more of an even playing field amongst mm-hmm. the conferences but also I'm saying at a best case scenario that would be the best half but this this roster is depleted and I think that there's a lot of young guys with with limited to zero experience that are going to be able to get that team over the hump if they do make the playoffs. All right, right. Yeah, we looks like we have Bach just crushed. We have Bach back. Do you want to just add on to your uh, any more of the Lakers point before we move on? Uh, yes. Hold on. So, um, it's going to be bad. It's going to be a, a circus for this team. Um, I don't understand why they extended Rob Palenka. Uh, <laughs> me too. That was weird because he's LeBron's bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well. I, I'm sure. Look, like the look at how bad this team is going to be. Like they can't suck this year. Like, like you got to figure it out in the summer, because if you're bad this year, you're handing this. You this pick is unprotected to, um, 
to the to with the Pelicans. That's right. There's not they're not having a, pick a first round pick year. next year. It's a no, no, this year's a pick swap. So yeah, they yeah. end up it like how how mad do you think they're gonna be if they like if AD gets hurt and LeBron shuts it down and they get the first pick? Yeah, that's and what I'm saying. Like, they won't have a first round pick at all. I don't think, right? Yeah, it's it's a pick swap. And so, then next year, and then next year, the Pelicans have a choice between the 24 and the 25 pick. There you go. So you you're potentially looking at like top five picks in the next like two to three years that that you've pissed away. Um, I mean, granted, look, you make those trade, you make that trade for Anthony Davis. You want a title for it. You you make the trade again. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think anyone disputes the fact that that trade wasn't like at the point. It was the Westbrook part of it. And then, because look, there was pieces there. There was, you know, solid pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, that you would, go ahead, sorry. That you could have done. And even the Buddy Heald deal wasn't like terrible. No, I was just going to say, I, I think that was really the more so the straw that broke the camel's back. Because you could, you can make the case that the Anthony Davis trade was worth it just solely in the 2020 championship. But I think what really like tipped them over the scales um, and just kind of threw everything, you know, um, um, all out of proportion was that was that trade for Westbrook because they had a better deal on on they had a better deal with Buddy Hill. Yeah, I and, look. Uh, it's it's the the highlight of this season for them is going to be when um, LeBron breaks the scoring record, similar to like the end of Kobe's era when he broke Jordan's record and then his his final game. Like if that's that's the type of shit you're looking for this season. Yeah. And do, you mentioned last thing on this, then moving on. You mentioned about the possibility if they do trade LeBron and AD as of today in early October, where do you think they could be a good fit? I mean, LeBron anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like it's still LeBron and it depends. Like it really depends on who's like where AD goes. Um, Like he's not going to Philly. He's not going to Denver. Um, Like Memphis, Memphis would still be, but I don't, I don't, I don't think like, if if the Dallas had any ability to trade for him, that would be a fun team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure there's there's plenty of teams that would would trade for it. Atlanta, um, yeah, he would probably go to, he'd probably go to conference. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they would give him to like Atlanta or Toronto. Um, honestly, a trade with Toronto would would get him a lot of decent pieces back. It's something built around uh, Siakam and some of their other like young guys that would actually stabilize the franchise for a couple of years, but yeah. All yeah. right. Dolo definitely mark that one. David Bach predicting LeBron and Anthony Davis get. No, so like, like here's the thing. It, he, they would force like, like LeBron would say at would ask out, like he's never asked out, mm-hmm. but it would be kind of like, like I can't do anything with this roster. And it would be like a mutual agreement that it's, that it's over. All right, cool. But what what pisses me off too, just both as a fan and you know um, an observer of the league, it's like you know they they they've literally you know curated and and created this roster around his whims and demands in every city he's been in. So at a certain point, there needs to be some kind of you know inflection reflection point where the 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 the, the check comes to the table and it's like, all right, dude, you got to pay up. Yeah, that's why I think trading the the twenty seven and the twenty nine for for Buddy. And and Turner is a bad is a bad idea because that's it that's it you don't have any control of your of your picks for the next decade and it's not like the best case the best case scenario is he stays till his kid is drafted in what two years yeah and then maybe he he 
he hangs around the league until the other one is drafted like two years later. I don't remember when the other, how old the other one is. And then you're left with Anthony Davis and no picks for, you know, the rest of the decade. Like, and even we, that, you know, dream scenario. Bum, 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 bum. Like, yeah. Well, this is a good transition for a player who had no problem telling, telling his team in office that he wanted to get traded. It was, it was either him or the GM and the head coach, and you know who I'm talking about. Let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. We did a whole podcast based on Le- on KD's request to get traded. Ultimately, didn't happen. I guess uh, cooler heads prevailed. The owner didn't nudge. And, you know, respect to him for that, especially for a league where the NBA players seem to clearly have the edge over the owners, other owners in the league. But nope. And, you know, as of today, they started their season. They did get their ass whooped in game one of the year, but ultimately it's just game one. The Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons leading the squad after an awkward offseason and all of that drama. Do we think that this team can push away those issues, play basketball, stay healthy, stay healthy the whole time, and they, can they finally be a legitimate, comfortable, and respectful team in the East this year where the key is it's drama-free? Like, no. solely focus on basketball. No, you no. still say no. they're still going to just this, get... This team winning the title would be, like, the most frustrating thing I can imagine. There's, first off, Ben Simmons is this is a real is this generation's Carmelo. He's essentially the same player he was when he was drafted. Has made zero ability to change who he, anything about his game to improve, and he's and he d- doesn't care. He's just going to coast on that ability. Mm-hmm. Um, this this roster winning like they have the ability to win if you put KD and Kyrie together playing at the the peak of where they were. Like they were the one seed before he got hurt, and that was with Fat James Harden and no Kyrie. Um, yep. Like this is this roster has the ability to win a title. It'd be incredibly frustrating. Kyrie, like uh, especially during the summer, had some uh, moments where it looked like he was I ideally should have been suspended. If I was the, the Tino for some of the things he did, I was suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. look again. This isn't like the Lakers to overreacting to one game. I was watching the game. They were it looked like just one of those nights where it didn't matter what they did. They just couldn't score. Yeah, um, like that was a lot of what Katie was like. Katie was doing normal Katie stuff, and it just kept coming up short. Um, I don't know. I, it would be I would be incredibly frustrated if this team won. Um, I don't think they deserve it. Uh, I think, look, good on ownership for saying no. Fuck you. We're not. We're not trading you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, let, let's go out and see what it is. Like they, there's some you know intriguing pieces on this team. I like some of their young guys. I, I don't know how like like I don't know how they beat Philly other than they just run them off the court because Philly is old and slow. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. I I I don't know how they're gonna beat Milwaukee. I don't know how they're gonna beat Boston. Like right. that's that's where you are. Like, and I'm I'm sure at some point we'll be talking about some of these other teams. Like if you're not even at the level of like where Miami is, you you should just go for Victor. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it just depends on the cap of our expectations with this team because I see them more as like at best like a second round exit. Um, simply because I think they're you know obviously they're loaded with talent. You got you know Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons, but it's like outside of that, you know the um I think the range of the rosters is, is a little thin. I mean, I like Seth Curry, I like Claxton, what they can produce, but. There's not a lot of gel and cohesion with this team. It seems like they're kind of built to be um, a small ball roster, you know, kind of putting you know, either, either Ben or, or KD as like a soft five. And I, I just don't know what to expect with the cohesion of this offense. I mean, are they going to be playing, you know, downhill? Are they going to be, you know, in a standard um, half court set most games and the, you know, the, just the reliability factor with the health concerns and uh, commitment from, you know, from, from Kyrie and KD. I just think that they're kind of falling on fair weather, for, you know, as like fair, fair weather fans. And um, you, you just, you can't rely on that if you're going to make a deep playoff push. Actually, there's, there's a really interesting comparison that I just thought of. Um, you remember like prime Rondo, like as the Celtics, right before they traded everybody, um, <laughs> There was there was that weird dichotomy where like KG and Pierce all wanted to be in the half court, but Rondo wanted to run. That's kind of what this team is like. That's where they're kind of yeah. stuck. Like Kyrie and Katie are going to just basically cook everybody in the half court. But Ben Simmons is be- as his best when he runs. So like they have to try to figure out how to do that because they have like if you do a bench unit where it's like Ben Simmons, Patty Mills. um, I don't remember who their rookie big guy is. And Cam Thomas like running around doing all that stuff that that could be you know, an interesting unit. I don't know how many games it's going to win, but, you know, that's a different look that you can throw at people. And and to be fair, Sean Marks, you know, may, has made some mistakes like throwing in Jared Allen into that deal. Um, But he's still a good GM. And I, I and to be fair, like, I don't know if, like, this is, this was a thought that I had a couple years ago when um uh Billy Donovan was coaching the Thunder and every year there was a massive roster change. Like he had like Katie and Russ for one year and then Katie was gone. And then he had Russ that one year and then they brought in Carmelo and Paul George. And then he had them all again for like that second year. Like every year is a massive upheaval. That's basically what Steve Nash has had to deal with every single year. So it's not clear whether or not he could be a good coach, which he probably could be. Like he, he got a lot of a lot of good players. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, again, I do not want this team to win because some of them don't deserve to. It's just stacking the deck in terms of talent. And I don't think that it does any service to the league or, you know, to the teams in the East that built, you know, constructed rosters the right way through their general management. Well, to be fair, they did construct a roster in the right way. You want to be able to have a roster that can win for a championship. They they were where they're only, you know, a KD uh, foot size away from probably winning the, 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 the title two years ago. Um, That's right. So, I mean, and and we got, what, 15 games out of him, Harden, KD, and Kyrie together because mm-hmm. uh, Kyrie decided to be anti-vax and then Harden was fat. Like, <laughs> it's not like, it's the weirdest experiment that it, it's basically like Riz, Liz Truss's reign in in um, in, in uh, the UK. Like, it happened so fast that we don't know what to make of it. <laughs> oh, man, tell me about it. Well... Definitely, whether it's a battle of morals and ethics, we know that the Nets will be talked about all season long. Whether it's ESPN and Stephen A, Kyle Coward, this show, I no doubt know that we're going to talk about the Nets a lot for the next six months. And a team that will be definitely talked about, looked at carefully, and (laughs) caused a lot of eyeballs to see what this team can make of is last year's winner of the East, the Boston Celtics. 
obviously we know what happened. After Ime Uduka has one of the best rookie NBA coaching seasons ever, he gets engaged in an alleged affair with some female staff member of the Celtics staff, leading to him getting suspended for the entire season. Joe Mazzula comes in, and now we're going to see how this affects this franchise moving forward. So a lot of different avenues you can take. First, first one I'm going to take with this one is, do you think Ime Udoka is ever going to actually coach the Celtics again? Do you see yes. him coaching at all? Okay, you do. Why is that? I think the reason they only suspended him for a year is because he would take the job in Philly if they fired him. Yes, I've heard that. And also possibly taking the job in uh, in the in Brooklyn, if they would actually fire Nash for that. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna coach again. Um, look, this team is probably better than it was last year. I, I still mm-hmm. don't think they're the best team in the, the East. I still think it's Milwaukee. Um, we can, we can pretty convincingly argue that had Milwaukee's second best player not missed the entire series and they got one random, uh, Grant Hill decided to, uh, Grant Williams decided to turn into, um, young Ray Allen for for a game. Um, the Milwaukee would have won the title. Uh, like mm-hmm. this is still there's still you know one B to to Milwaukee's one A. Um, this is a, a deep good team. I think Brogdon really helped solve them. I'm not too too worried about this. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, like almost this could be a story that just brushes under the rug, and one day it'll come back and like hey. Yeah, that happened. Uh, but you know, forget about it. We're, we're still winning games. You feel the same way too, Alex? That the Celtics, your hated well, rival, can uh, <laughs> overcome this PR by just winning basketball games? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll blow away like everything else in the news after a few days. But the issue that I have is that not only that is he just a brazen fucking idiot, um, but I think he will continuously get second chances in this league because. I think that this league has, you know, a really low, a low bar with morality and standards when it comes to some of these coaches and like how people can get away with shit. So I think he'll have a job and lots of prospects as long as that's the case. But um, if we're just talking basketball with the roster, I love the acquisition from Indiana. I thought they gave up a lot of pieces off the roster, but I thought it was more of clearing the deck and putting, you know, full speed ahead towards competing with um, Milwaukee, particularly, especially because he used to come from that system as well. Um, I like the Gallinari acquisition too. I, I think it just adds another layer to um, how they. He's out the whole season. He's out the whole season. He tore his ACL. Oh shit! Okay, but I mean, so they got Blake forward, instead. I mean, the big issue is how healthy is Time Lord going to be when the playoffs come around? That's what it's really going to come down to. Well, yeah, I mean, he's obviously like their best asset in terms of bigs. But um, even if he doesn't play this year, which he won't, I I think that he still, you know, extends the defenses and and keeps, you know, a lot of these bigger rosters honest when they're going to be playing them in the offseason. I think he has the ability to do that with his ability on offense and, you know, Again, Blake Griffin, another body. He's got his own issues off the court, but I think that um, this team did get him better, um, you know, markedly better in certain areas. But I think ultimately they're still going to um, fall short with a healthy Milwaukee in the East. All right, all right. And speaking of another Easter Conference team, the Sixers, we have a full year of James Harden and Joel Embiid coming together, making plenty of additions in the offseason, whether PJ Tucker or Montrezl Harrell makes an impact, or we just see, you know, Doc 
being able to make the most of this roster as per usual. And um, an early exit in the playoffs might leave a bad taste in their mouth and they might uh, reverse that and to, and uh, make the change. The Sixers this year, with this team, especially with this duo of Harden and Embiid for a full year, are they going to be really making strides? What is making strides, man? Like, like, like do are you they going to make the, the Eastern think, Conference Finals? Yeah. Exactly. Do you think they Maybe. can be good enough to? I still don't think they're they're better than Milwaukee or Boston. Um, okay, Boston so just beat them three. last night. Like this, this is a. I mean, Embiid looks kind of out of shape last night. Um, uh, I have zero trust in Harden in the playoffs. Um, Doc doesn't also have that greater record, and clear. I don't know. I mean, Embiid will probably win MVP. It's it's either him or Luca. Um, so coming from there, like I don't, I, I don't really, I don't know. It should be. I mean, in theory, they still have some pieces they can move around. Like they could still trade Tobias Harris to mm. like Portland or some shit. Maybe maybe trade him to the Lakers for 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 picking something else. I don't know. Um, Maxi, I mean, they, there's there's stuff there that they can do. Like they can improve. Maxi's still super young. There's no reason they can't have him start like improving by running more pick and rolls in the the regular season. Like you're gonna you have Embiid and James Harden. You in theory are gonna sleepwalk to to 50 wins. So you can get a little weird with the with stuff. Yeah, you can try a lot of things with this roster. With um, you know, just you know, um, just you know, with timing and and um. How, how they, you know, how they operate this, like their starting five and, you know, their, um, and things like that. But I think like, I really like Maxi. I like some of the talent they have on this roster. I think that the cap is probably like this, you know, the three or four seed in the East. I don't think that they can necessarily compete with Milwaukee just on paper, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I just don't have as much faith in Doc as other people do. I think that he's kind of patient zero for choke jobs. Um, Almost be... overstated is welcome at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I think his, his clock's actually genuinely ticking there. Okay, well, how much better is D'Antoni going to be when they hire him instead? On his, what, 10th team? Well, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. score 140 points and won't play any defense. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, like that's that's where it's going. Like, when, when, this is this is Daryl Morey recreating Houston with, right, right, with an actual big man. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of these, a lot of these rosters and a lot of these organizations, particularly in the NBA, with you know the limited amount of players and like the way that the um, contracts are constructed, like I think there's so much mobility for teams to kind of change their operation on a dime if things aren't working. And here's the other question: Like, how long does this go? Like, I, I don't remember. Did Harden sign past next season? I think it was a three-year deal. Okay, so like, yeah, yeah, maybe one year with this, and then yeah. either he bitches out, or you know, what? What you think? Embiid asked for a trade, right? Because they'll, they'll probably blow it up in theory if they don't feel like if they're maximizing the juice out of Embiid, they're gonna they're gonna try to blow it up. I mean, it's not like they don't have like a piece that they could build around. Like you could, in theory, build around Maxi. Like there's no reason he like he could just be a more scoring version of uh, Tyler of, of Halliburton. Like yeah, they have they have they have they have assets. It's just that it just depends on what their expectations are. And, and I mean, because I don't think they're a championship team. I don't even think at their best days they're going to be a championship team. Yeah. No. This is yeah. this is like it's. 
I, I don't know. I, I don't care how in shape Harden is. I have zero faith in him in the big moments. Well, I don't either. Yeah, he's a choke job. It really is funny how the Sixers are a team. How long? Trust the process. We're pushing a decade with this. <laughs> and they're still almost in the same spot of just of insanity. You try things and you get the same result. You know, well, I mean, it's, it I, look, they're they, you think about some of the things that happened to them. They're, a, they're, they're the Kawhi shot away from probably winning that title. <laughs> like, like it didn't, it doesn't really matter who comes out of the East in, in the 2019 season. It was like Steph versus everybody else at that point. Like that Eastern Conference team would win. Like, we're talking about this team differently if Kawhi misses that shot and, you know, they're the ones who come out of the East to beat uh, Golden State in 2019. Yeah, this is like and then there was uh, two years ago when they played Boston, like it was Embiid by himself, like everyone was hurt. And then last year they were still kind of gelling and they don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't know. I I still don't think they're going to win. I think they could have a possibility of things break right. But um, I don't know. There's too much like I think bad juju on this team, not in the same way that it is with the with the, the Nets where they don't deserve it. I think it's just like ingrained in a couple of their like key pieces. Yeah, I think they have better structural groundwork than Brooklyn. I don't think it's – I think it's more apples to oranges there. Right? But um, I think the way you put it was more apt. I think it's a, kind of a bad juju. It's just something in the air with that team and how, how they're able to sustain a season year after year. Let's keep the we'll conversation see. going with more teams who have drama. <laughs> I mean, what, what are we doing here with this? The Warriors, they won the NBA Finals. Then you have Draymond punch out Jordan Poole in training camp. They did win their home opener against Dallas. You know, they did have some tough losses as subtractions this season. You know, there's no Otto Porter Jr., no Gary Payton the second, no Damian Lee. But um, like I said, they did keep bring back Jordan Poole. Andrew Wiggins became a real breakout star as one of the top, arguably 20 players in the league. Despite their drama and, of course, winning cures all, do we see the Warriors going for wit championship number five this year and having a legitimate chance with it? Yes. I, I mean, they have a legitimate chance. I think the real question comes down to, is Draymond Green part of it at this point? Okay. Like they, they're already paying. I think this roster is going to cost half a billion dollars with the luxury tax. Um, and that's before the Wiggins contract kicks in. That's before the Jordan Poole contract kicks in. Uh, they have to decide whether they're going to re-sign Clay. Um, I think they leaked this video to kind of like say this is this is kind of it for Draymond. Um, you think? Yeah, there's a big controversy. Is who leaked it? You think? And this the, is this is not in the same way that like some of these other controversies. Like, oh, you know, the leak matters more than the context. Mm-hmm. Like, they should have suspended him. Yep. Um, they just said take a break. I, I mean, that was that was he, and he did it kind of for content. Um, <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know. I, well, I have I permission think... to punch you guys for more content. Absolutely. Not <laughs> that way. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but you were saying? I I don't know where he ends up, though. Like, like who trades for him? Yeah, who wants like, a like guy Detroit? I think problems. Detroit or Atlanta are the only play- teams that trade for him. Um, and the real question is, like, are they – they're, they're kind of, like, hesitant. I think the only thing that keeps it hesitant is, like, you know, how how confident that we can actually have Wiseman replace – some of what he does, like how confident are we in Moody and Kaminga that they can kind of fill this void 
that it, it's the, like that big a deal. But like, I think, I think it's like a 50, 50 chance. He stays on the roster. I think if he, if they win the title, he's probably coming back, <clears throat> but I don't, I don't yeah, think so. Point. Otherwise. Well, yeah, he's, he's a unrestricted free agent in 2024. So he's still playing out that four year, hundred million contract. Um, I think, the way I look at it is I almost look at it as the tipping point, like a bifurcation point with Poole and Draymond Green because of what they represent, because Draymond is kind of the old guard, the original founding one of the three draft picks that, you know, launched them into that dynasty era and that, and that, and that arena. So it'll be kind of a signpost on his way out. If that's what they end up doing that saying, basically, okay, we're turning a corner, we're going with pool and we want to sustain this um, as long as we possibly can. But if he does stay, I think it would only be a byproduct or a symptom of them making the finals and winning again back to back um, because it, it it shows that um, this window is not closed yet and that they don't need to necessarily commit to a payout for pool yet for the future. It'll be interesting. Yeah, whatever you can do to provide these wins. And uh, I mean, that'd be saying something. They could win their fifth championship. And uh, so this, that'd be the first. It started it all in 15. So, you know, five championships in eight years, that's something else. And then, you know, might as well go for the sixth one together yeah. at that point and try well, uh, the Bulls dynasty. Uh, real real quick, the way I look at this team, I kind of almost see something going on similar um, to what we see with the Kansas City Chiefs, Matt, because the way I look at the Chiefs is that they kind of mortgaged the short term for the long term with the trade and acquisition of Tyreek Hill and what they got back in return for that, because it basically signaled to the rest of the league that it's like, we're here to stay and this is why. And it's because they're willing to sacrifice a year, even if it's not immediately right now, uh, particularly. And it just shows that they're um, laying the groundwork to continue their run for another few years. So I feel feel the same way about this team. And you feel like Draymond could be the uh, Tyreek Hill in this case if they were to do that. <laughs> he could, yeah, he could be the uh, the sheep sacrifice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, there's you know who would be a funny team that they would send him to, and I think he kind of deserves this. Send him to send him to Charlotte. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Then, can Michael we talk Jordan about? Can place. we talk about like an under like a, a undepressing roster, a depressing roster that no one's really talking about? Like they're bad. Like they should be mm-hmm. tanking. That, that like outside of uh, Lamelo, they got nothing. Like you got the and ghost Lamello of Gordon issues. Hayward Injury and Terry Rozier. They they got Mark Williams, who's going to be okay. Your best your your best scorer is in prison right now. I think. Yeah. Or, the, or he's a DUI. No, no. Miles um, Bridges like. Uh, oh yeah, assaulted. I forgot yeah, he about was, he was on a domestic yeah, that was a that was a tough story because I, I really liked Miles Bridges. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Like, like this is a this is a depressing franchise. Like their rookies, they got Kai Jones last year. I really like Kai Jones. Um, like what the fuck is this franchise doing? And being think, owned uh, by Michael Jordan too, isn't that a sense of irony? If he made a deal with the devil, yeah. I'll let you I'll I'll allow you to be the greatest player of all time, but then have the biggest obstacles as an owner. Yeah, it just I think it's I think it's just a kind of an ego thing too because he thinks that, you know, being the best player, you know, all the time is like an immediate translation to like the upper management. It's just not Yeah, so clearly no owner arguably except maybe John Elway in all sports has been a successful player John at Elway, first and then 
Yeah, but John always had trouble too. He can't get a quarterback to save his life. True, true. I don't know. You, you know, they're not enjoying the the Russell Wilson experience. <laughs> Let's ride. Oh my goodness, that 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 horrible, that's... that horrible shitty subway commercials. Like, come on, bro. They they might have hired like the worst coach ever. Like the like like short of Matt Patricia. <laughs> oh, Matt Patricia is so bad. There they are, dude. I'm a liar, but I'm well aware of how bad Matt Patricia is. Oh, Except for that I, one time we played them like two weeks ago and they fucked everything. I did not know you were a liar, Sphere. You were maybe the first person I ever met in my 27 years of life. I didn't ever tell you how that fear. happened. That's, that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> for sure, for sure. He's a cl- closeted masochist, that's why. He <laughs> <laughs> even did out with the... Uh, I was so happy stuff. right up right before that week when we played the Patriots. Like, look, are all, and people like, yeah, you know... Jared Goff is the problem with the team. It's like, no, the problem is we can't guard anybody. We can't stop a nosebleed. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I definitely want to hear your takes very soon on football on another day very soon, Bog. But let's switch it up. Instead of talking about the teams, I want to talk about the rookies real quick. Anybody from the NBA draft class you're looking for, you're looking forward to see. Well, definitely not Chet Holgram after getting injured in the summer. I, I love this draft. This is a good – I like this draft. I like the top draft. of this draft really good. Uh, Pablo – Pablo is fucking good. That kid is debut. really good. Great debut. The Italian style um, on that one. That was a really good draft for for, uh, for Orlando, Orlando to take him. I still think Jabari was really good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously we're not going to see Chet. Um, but, like – they still they got the other two J's. Like this was an exciting draft class. So it's going to be like really interesting. And I think yeah, and I think and I think it's going to be like a delayed pop. And what I mean by that is I think that certain guys are going to pop uh, year two and year three, particularly mm-hmm. because I really liked I really liked Jaden Ivey for Detroit, and I also really liked um, uh, Jabari Smith. I actually thought Jabari Smith was going to go number one overall. I, I did as well. I thought he would have been in the right pick. I thought he was the best talent in the draft, and I think that he was like the best, you know, most athletic, greatest rebounder, and 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 he's just a really like agile scorer too, um, especially. Like his opening night, he wasn't he like seventeen and seven in mid, in, in, in in minutes he played, but um, I I really I'm I'm interested to see Johnny Davis in Washington too because um I don't know how long this run is going to go with um uh, uh the superstar um Bradley so, Beal uh, was it again Bradley Beal yeah sorry Bradley Beal so I don't know how long they're going to hold on with Bradley Beal before they blow it up and I, he may take the reins eventually in year two so we'll see I'm, I'm excited to look out for him yeah I like like the top picks for this draft like I'm excited for almost all of them like Jay Ivey and Cade they're going to be fun like they may not win a lot of games this year but Jay Ivey is going to be really good I think Keegan Murray is going to be very good um the Pacers kid I'm super high on him um uh who was Benedict Mothrin Maturin Maturin? Yeah, uh, yeah, super high on him. Um, I don't even remember who the seventh pick was. Like, like I'm, a, I, I'm sharp. happy with Soken. Like, not super happy um, that with the later picks, but you know, I, I think this is a fun, exciting draft. There's some like, like getting Durant. Like the Pistons won that draft. Like they had a great fucking draft. Um, yeah, like they got Ivy and Durant. Like, so like that 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 was like like this is gonna be a fun, good rookie class. Um, these these kids are gonna be. Like really good. How do you feel about Sochan? Look, 
I, I'm gonna say this in general. <laughs> I do not I play him a million minutes. I want to see Sohan and Josh Primo running pick and rolls all day long. I don't want to I don't want us breaking 15 wins this season. I want Victor in a Spurs jersey this. This is going to be the shittiest season since before since before they get drafted uh um Duncan. And I don't care. We have Two proven shooters in our starting lineup, and one of them is Kelvin Johnson, and the other one is Devin Vassell. We're going to be bad, and that's good. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm fine. I wish we got another big man, which, you know, Victor. I'm going to be super happy when we end up with with the number two pick next year and get Scoot. So, like, you know, it is what it is. Um, we're going to be bad. I, I don't really know about – so like I didn't he wasn't in on any mocks that I saw him going there. So I wasn't really paying attention to him. I really wanted uh, Matthias. Um, yeah, I don't know. we're going to be bad. It's going to be fun to watch them. I'm going to enjoy watching all the, the mock drafts having Spurs at the top until we get the number two pick because, you know, we can't have <clears throat> things anymore. <laughs> I was, Did you, I'll, I'll let you go, Alex, first. Oh, no, I was just going to say the last thing on Sochan. I was actually really impressed watching that big Kansas game uh, middle of the season last year. I thought that he's like immensely talented. I think they took him, you know, particularly just because of his body, because he could spread the floor. He's kind of the ideal um, wing dual scorer type. And I think that San Antonio is kind of looking to move in that direction. Yeah, we didn't we didn't really have a power forward since LaMarcus Aldridge left. And um, <laughs> like that, it's good that way because because Keldon Keldon's not a four. He's a three. And, right. and and having an actual four on the roster makes a difference. Bach, let me just ask you a blunt question. Does Greg Popovich give a shit anymore? No. <laughs> I think he literally I think, implied I that like, in a press conference. If they get the first pick, I think he coaches one year Victor leaves. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he was going to still be here. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe it, Becky, what's her name, was going to take over. Yeah, oh, I, I don't she know won an NBA, WNBA Finals championship. Yeah, that team was not good. I mean, they were good last year, but she like made them way better. Yeah, uh, like she's a hell of a coach. Um, I don't know who who Pop's successor is now. Um, but Tim, because they they keep well, no, hiring all our fucking assistants. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. We're gonna be bad. I, a, I'm gonna basically feel like what like it's gonna be what like a Dick's fan feels like, but actual have hope. Hey, here's a, here's a little, we still have my, hope though. Here's a my, my my conspiracy theory. What if what if Boston delays firing Yudoka and then they take him back to take Popovich's uh, shoes? <laughs> then they'll show that he really can coach wherever the hell he wants. Clapping cheeks of the Riverwalk. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah, no. yo. Let's talk about the Clippers real quick. At the time of this recording, Kawhi Leonard's going to be returning officially after 16 months on the shelf. Do we think that now he, with a healthy Kawhi Leonard, Paul George still at it, um, do we expect the Clippers to uh, get into a good place again? And do you think Kawhi can still be Kawhi? Like... Like, like do you think he like like Kawhi yeah, in the playoffs ask, is Kawhi. incredibly devastating. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, I was I was going forward. Do we see him as a top five NBA player in this league? Top five, maybe. Like mm. do I do I have trust that in the playoffs a Kawhi led team can win the finals? Yes. Um do I think that this team's gonna win? I, I honestly don't know. Um I Similar to James Harden, I don't have a lot of faith in uh, Paul George. Um, but un- but unlike the Philly, I trust Ty Lue, and they are very deep. Um, 
I, I don't know. I think certainly if they play the Nuggets, it would be an interesting series. I feel like there would be a lot of ghosts in that series. Um, yeah, I think they have a shot if they're healthy. Um, they have they built the roster ideally how you'd want it. It's deep as hell. You got the two superstar wings. Um, I, we don't know what we're going to get out of John Wall at the very least. That might be one of the most underrated pickups of the offseason. Yep. Uh, could have been a steal, yeah. Yeah, yeah this, this could be. They, they could win the title. Um, I don't yeah. know if they will. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I don't know. Like, I I don't think they're better than Golden State, and mm-hmm. I'm hesitant to say they're better than Denver. But I I, I don't know where Denver's ceiling is because I'm not sure what we're going to get out of Michael Porter Jr. What about Memphis? I think they're better than Memphis. Okay, because you can't count on Jaron Jackson staying healthy at any point. Um. And I think Kawhi and Paul George are better than Ja and uh, Desmond Bain. I think Memphis should have traded for KD. Oh, I totally agree. I said I said all chips in on that before we left last year, and I think that that may be their 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 downfall is just not having enough firepower. I also think the Pelicans should should have traded for KD. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just guess they couldn't have made a deal. I, I, I to be fair, the Pelicans you, they don't yeah. know what they have like. They were kind of scrappy last year, but without like a healthy Zion, you can't get a good grasp of it. And you, you maybe you're you're better off with the long term uh, upside of Ingram versus whatever you're mortgaging with well, that to get KD. Well, the, I, I said from the get go, um, dating back to last year, I think they should have mortgaged, um, you know, selling in obscurity when Zion was was on the sideline because I just don't trust building a nucleus around Zion. I would rather move forward with Brandon Ingram and, and McCollum in the short term. You know. Branching off of this and focusing on the Pelicans, Zion looks like he's hurt again. I don't think Zion is going to be a big deal in this NBA. Yeah, he's a uh, – let me get the official injury. Because um, he looked fine when I was watching. I was I watched through halftime. He's like a fullback jumping up and yeah. down. It's ridiculous. Excuse me. I got that information wrong. I did not see last night's game. Um, but regardless, on focusing on Zion – Returning to another healthy season, um, do we do we see him at this weight, especially this body type? Is he still going to figure it out? Is he going to be able to figure it out to have the glory he had in the college game, or as Bach liked to say a lot last season, he's going to be eating his jambalaya and uh, being known <laughs> as a real mystery and why he was I, never. Well, I mean, we're talking about like glory in the college game he still kind of has that like he's still when he plays it's unbelievable mm-hmm. i think he's in better yeah. shape i yeah. i think he really was just kind of hurt last year yeah. um and 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 i think the beauty of what the the pelicans have done is even if zion's kind of like a sunk cost they have enough assets that they can like oh yeah figure. they also had a really good draft too like they got the dyson daniels kid that's a nice little pickup for them too um this, it's well, a uh, I, I don't know they got an interesting future I know a lot of people like them um, I know like every time somebody uh, every time I, online I see somebody like doing some weird uh, 2k thing and they do a uh, uh, like a projection for the season like the Pelicans are always really good um, so it's not like they, they don't have a let's see I mean if he's healthy they're, they're going to be a problem um, well 
Yeah, but 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 it's precisely the fact that when he is healthy, I feel like it's the best opportunity to sell high on on Zion because it's not that I don't have confidence and faith that he's unbelievably talented. I just think that he's one of the guys who's, who's snake bitten with with curse injuries. I think he's going to have kind of the Greg Oden trajectory that I think a lot of people are concerned about, um, especially when you start having stuff below the belt, you know, issues with the knees and the feet. So I just don't. It's not even a matter of commitment, you know, to his to his dietary restrictions or any kind of commitment to you know getting on the court and practicing routinely with the team i just think that he's one of those guys that's proverbially snake snake bitten i i i think a lot of that had to do with he didn't eat right i i think he was he really was just too fat to begin with i think he really kind of had a very similar i think his build is it's the modern day charles barkley he's too he was too fat to begin his career and he didn't really know how to like eat right and take care of his body and I think that's what's going to hurt him in the beginning. I think like Embiid was was projected that same way when he started. Um, he played like 23 games in his first three seasons. Um, I think Zion has is something similar. You know, some of these young guys are just they're just bitten in the beginning and it takes a little while to understand their bodies and then they, they figure it out. I would agree with that, but I think it, the issue the issues compound when you're factoring in both weight and a recurring injury history. Because I think with Embiid, yeah, he always had like a little baby fat, but he was never this fat. And I think that his commitment was never really called into question the same way Zion is. So I think that he, I, he kind of for me falls more into the camp of like the Odins and the Bill Waltons because they have recurring issues, um, you know and I don't. I don't know. It just feels like a different issue to me. But that's just me. We'll we'll see. I I think breaking off this conversation because I think this is definitely one the probably the most fascinating team in the league. I don't know if yeah. I can't speak for all you guys, but I think that this team has the most upside potential to get in that top four, top five um, uh, spot in the in the playoffs because they have so much talent, so much promise with both their young guys and with Brandon Ingram and McCollum. And I'd hate to see that go to waste just because they're counting on Zion to be their nucleus. And it's not like they can't build a package around Zion to go send him somewhere else to get something to get like right. another superstar. Exactly. Like like if if Phoenix expl- implodes, which kind of seems likely, maybe you know Devin Booker wants out. Maybe yeah. maybe Especially they swing with- a Zion for for uh, DeAndre Eight type thing. Especially with the mess of with, regarding the Suns, which again another great transition. <laughs> You know, it's almost like I know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are good at this. You know, with the Suns who start their season with a huge cloud over their head, Phoenix over Robert Sarver for one year after a one year independent investigation, they found him using the N word multiple times, sexually harassed multiple male and male female employees and assaulted them as well. It's as toxic a work environment as ever. And they yet they made the finals two seasons ago with this. And um, Sarver is definitely going to be selling this team. How bad is this going to affect the Phoenix Suns franchise who has so much momentum before this story broke out? Can well, first off, they they didn't. They had a lot of like problems. Um, well, yeah, but I'm first saying, off, the, you know, the, with the, the NBA deep playoff with, runs, I meant. Yeah, with the deep. Yeah. Po- OK, um, the NBA dropped the ball with the Sarver thing mm-hmm. um, similar to how the NFL dropped the ball with um, uh, Deshaun Watson, the N- the NBA dropped the ball with the Sarver thing. He got a one year, $10 million fine. Like that's, that's chump change for this type of guy. Like he, they, he should have gotten 
similar to the Donald Sterling Banhammer. Um, that's, that's what, what they should have happened. Um, I'm surprised that didn't happen with. Uh, well, hold yeah. on, hold on, real quick. So I, I'm not, I just want to make sure I'm getting this correct. So you wanted him to get fired and forced to sell the team. Yeah, based on the toxic work culture that he created, the 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 expansion, the the okay. the investigation that they they uh, put him under, and the the allegations that they found were severe allegations. Like they yeah. kind of just waved not, him off. I'm not disagreeing with you. So then, how is that the same or equivalent for Ebay Delka? Because I would rather have him canned as well. I, I I'm to be honest, I'm not as um, I'm not as uh, following for the Edoka thing. As I do for this, like I know more about the Sarver situation, and my issue with the Doka thing is I don't know enough because the team was kind of coy with it. Okay, um, that that's it. If there was more information, where it was, because my understanding is still kind of foggy. I'm not entirely clear whether or not that relationship was consensual or not. It, it was, but it's still like completely ineptly and and just completely unprofessional. Okay, yeah. I, would, I I I don't think that unprofessional is the same way as as what Sarver did. I, I, I find it as a different um, aspect. And maybe it's possible because I don't have all the information on the Yudoka thing that I'm, I might be... The, the, the issue that... I'm sorry, um, you just froze again, but the thing, the, the concern that I have with uh, a situation like Yudoka is that you start spreading and planting seeds of nepotism within the organization if you have a guy that wields that amount of power. So it's not even just the immediate ramifications of a guy who's poisoning the well like Sarba because what he did was horrible. And I don't know as much probably as Bach does already, but I think that you can't have two separate tiers of, of justice when you're dealing with a lot of issues internally with an organization. And I think that's why they always clear the deck and do wholesale changes when you have a Donald Sterling, when you have a Sarba like they should have, and when you have Udoka. So I don't think they're too much different. I don't know when you cut out. So, yeah, no, no, I, I'm back. I'm sorry. I don't know why my internet keeps cutting out. Um, right. No, but I, I, again, I think the Sarver thing was worse. I think it was over a longer period of time. I think it was a different type of issue. Um, I look even even ignoring the the uh, the ownership thing. Like, there's a lot of chemistry issues with this team. Um, you have uh, DeAndre Ayton, who, who does not want to be there. Um, I yeah. think he got a little bit screwed in the draft with uh, Detroit going for uh, Duran. Um, they matched immediately. I, I don't think I think he's got like he's a fine like player. Um, I think you know they, they, there's a good chance that they move off of Chris Paul. Um, yeah, where he goes, I don't know. You think the Lakers can convince them to take Westbrook? <laughs> uh, the AARP card. Um. But like, there's a this is a good chance that this team gets it. Like the and we talked about this a couple times. Um, like like how historically good they were, mm-hmm. um, yep. and and like their numbers and how stupid they were. For them to get embarrassed in the way that they did is it's like that's a thing. And like Jay Crowder wanting out, like Jay Crowder. Um, like I don't know where. I don't know. I could. This team could very easily be at the top of the the the, the Western Conference again. They could just you know just be professional about it. But I don't know. I don't. It, it's hard to trust a team again like this. Like like they were the, the young plucky upstarts two years ago. They were like the serious well oiled machine last year. And I don't know what the. I don't know if I trust them. Like there's no there's no doubt that they're going to be good. But like you know. 
do I yeah. think that they have the, the mental fortitude? Like if they play Dallas again and and Lucas starts laughing at them again, like what do you do about that? Like how do you handle that? You gotta let you gotta let Chris Paul walk and you gotta just make you gotta make changes. Well I they think, can't let him walk, they gotta trade him. He's he's in like year two of like a well, like year one. Of a, yeah. A, I mean like the same way that they would need to, you know, make a change with, with Russell Westbrook. I think that they're looking at an old aging asset that's not clicking with the direction they want to go in. And I think their window of opportunity is, is starting to be counted, starting to be on the clock because it's not that the nucleus isn't solid. I think that I, I'm actually higher on Aiton than a lot of people, even though he's had his cohesion issues with this team. But I think Booker is still the, the way of the future with this roster. And I think that they can still stay on top of the West for another couple of years, but they got to move Chris Paul next year. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's no shame in, in retooling around like, like oh yeah, Booker Aiton is, is still a solid foundation. Most teams would kill for a Booker eight. Yeah. That's still one of the, what the five, 10 best uh, duos. They, how old is Booker? Is Booker 25 yet? Like he's like 25. Yeah. Yeah. And Aiton's 22. Like that's still a really good building block. Yeah, you still have Mikael Bridges, who still could probably be doing more. You're, you know, Cam Reddish. They'll probably have under contract. They're basically like an actual guard away from being, you know, like serious again. It doesn't mean that they're like uh, taking a step back, removing Chris Paul for for assets and stuff. Doesn't mean well, it's over. You know, sometimes you have a window. You 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 blew it. They they blew it twice, and you know, it's not like they there's no one saying you got to blow it all up. You just you know. You're not worried about. You're no longer worried about that. The idea that like Devin Booker is going to say, "I want to go play with Cat and, and D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota." I think. I, I think as lo- as long as you keep reassuring that you're going to do what's best for you know Devin Booker for the sake of the team as well. Like I think is you can you can get away with being a kind of point guard by committee as long as you continue to make Devin Booker the centerpiece. Because as long as you're operating ra- around him and you have a solid defense to back it up, I think that you can still operate a team as a point guard by committee, but you have to do a full retooling and pivot in that direction. And also like this is where kind of removing Sarver would actually help that argument because like he's been notorious for like being penny pinching and like selling assets for, for, for less than they're worth. So I mm-hmm. think if they're like moving on from Sarver, I think it would be a little bit easier for them to sell the tear down. Well, I think what if you look back at, at Sterling too, like I think getting rid of him totally re, uh, um, reinvigorated the team too, and inspired them to play in spite of him and what he represented. So I think even if you make a wholesale change and you oust him, I think that may actually push this team better further. <laughs> Never know. I don't know. I think they're I mean, a team I, that I, probably get a step back. I, I, I have nowhere idea. Jones too. So. I, I don't know where the, this team will end up. I mean, it's not like they can't be good, but there, there, there was um, the ring. I had a piece today about like teams with future assets. They have all their picks. Like they're not getting any more picks and they're not really sending picks out. So it's not like they can't, you know, figure out some way to, to flip assets for something bigger. Yep. I want to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks in more in depth. Now, as you mentioned, Bach, we're going to have a healthy we're going to have a healthy um, Chris Middleton. We're going to have a team with uh, George Hill returning back. 
You have Drew Holiday still at it. Uh, Serge Ibaka. You have a lot of things to be really excited about with this team that did not make the finals last year, but maybe that they can go back after a year off. Giannis. Can I, yes. Can I ask a serious question? Yes. Has Ibaka played serious minutes since 2019? Like, 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 no. really, I, I don't think like I know it was the Clippers and I, I think it was hurt last year. But like, I, I don't I don't feel like I've seen him play basketball in like three years. And that's that's like like they have hmm. a problem. They don't really have a you like they don't have a next wave coming. Be, mostly because they traded every pick they had. It won them the title. But like they don't really have a, a next group coming and they don't have like you're kind of relying a little bit too much on Brooke Lopez, who kind of looked when he was, I mean, just how healthy for like nine games last year. Um, so they, they do have, I mean, obviously having Giannis, it doesn't covers up a lot of that, but I have no reason to doubt that this team is going to step off. They're going to have to figure out how to retool better, but um, I, I do worry about their big lineup a little bit. Um, this is like the biggest lineup on paper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, until until Oklahoma City rolls out whatever the fuck they're rolling out with, like where Shea is the smallest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they also picked up Angles from Utah as well. I mean, so he's another yeah, that's, wing. That's, that's fine, but he's thirty four, and he's coming off an ACL injury. So excited for that! Like, I like Angles. I think that's a good. Oh my god, don't. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to change anybody's life. I just mean, like, on paper, like, they're long and they're tall. And I think that that matters in the playoffs. I Especially, particularly, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I had them as my, my preseason finals champions. I think that this is the best team in the East, and I think that they're just about a middle ten away from beating the Warriors. So, I mean, for me, like... They're, they're huge on paper. They have the, the right recipe f- for playing, you know, defensive basketball. And I think that um, they can manufacture enough points between Middleton and, and Giannis, um, you know, to compete with Boston. So, Oh yeah. On paper, it fully healthy. This is the best team in, in probably the league. Like, yeah, I, that's, that's what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly nitpicking on the fact that they don't really have a lot of youth and I'm a little worried yeah. about the Brooke Lopez stuff like that. That's really it. I still also don't think that, but is that good a coach? Um, but, <laughs> um, that, that's a, that's a personal thing. Uh, but that's, look, I have no, they, Giannis is like 28. Yeah. He's only conceivably going to get better. Um, yeah. It's yeah. hard to nitpick a team like this. Yeah, and and I mean, and the the other thing too is like Pat Connaughton's a nice piece. I mean, he's he kind of gives you a little bit of wing scoring as well. I think that um, what's underappreciated is is how much actual you know uh, veteran experience is on this team when it comes playoff time. But um, yeah, I, I think they're the best team in the league actually. Hopefully we'll see. We'll see that turn into another championship, maybe. And maybe after that, then the Grayson Allen era can start if Giannis is in a. Oh, yeah. Grayson Allen is a is a is a uh, liability. Um. (laughs) Clearly, you know, arguably the most interesting offseason move to some was seeing where Donovan Mitchell would end up after literally months of trolling. After 
all these rumors about him going to New York and Danny Ainge just playing with Knicks fans. He ultimately trades him to Cleveland. I don't know if you believe the rumors that he did that out of spite or whatever, but Donovan Mitchell is now joining Jared Allen and the Cleveland Cavaliers. With this trade acquisition, does this add to their stock for Cleveland? And do you think Cleveland can make a stronger push? Maybe they make a conference finals with this move. Maybe they win the East. I don't know. Do you think you can see it happening? I don't think they're going to win in the East this year. This is this this is probably the best young core. Um, yeah. This like they're all about twenty five or younger. I, I'm not entirely. I don't remember how old Jared Allen is. He's been in the league for like a decade. Um, uh, but this is like that was a that's what you need. Like that's what they mm-hmm. needed. There's no team so better like years to away. cover up the fact that uh, Donovan Mitchell and can't guard anybody than having fucking Evan Mobley and Jared Allen there. Like they, this is a really solid. That was like, that's, that's a move you make when you, you know, like we don't know how good Evan Mobley is. Like that kid is going to be really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they yeah. got some pieces, like they can trade some stuff. They, I, I think there's a good chance they, that Levert is probably not on this roster by the end of the year. Um, because they don't know what to do. Like, in theory, they could package Kevin Love with something. Um, so it's not like they can't, you know, retool. And they didn't really give up that much. No. Um, they gave up a couple picks. And 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 this is why I think, like, this might have been, like, a mistake on Danny Ainge's part is, is trading with Cleveland versus the Knicks. I'm more certain in the stability of this Cleveland team over the next couple of years than I am about the Knicks. So those picks may not be worth it. Um, like, Lloyd Market didn't is is okay. Colin Sexton is going to get buckets. Like I like Colin Sexton. Um uh I I I I mean he poor the dude is going to feel like that Alabama game where he was playing 3 on 5 um in 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 Utah. That seems to be terrible. But like good for him. Um I I don't know. This was the trade you make when you're like gutsy. This is this is this is like a baby Drew Holiday trade where you're like, you know, you have the pieces and you're like one away and that's what you get. Like this team is only going to get better. This is going to be a scary. Like, look, you, we forget this or it's not talking about. They were the one seed before Jared Allen got hurt last year. That's right. Like, yep. And they had yeah. one person on that team who could dribble. They've doubled the number of people who could dribble in their starting lineup. And Ricky Rubio is coming back. Like this is going to be a scary team in probably like this, like if LeBron leaves the Lakers, I mean, this is like a LeBron team waiting to happen. Oh boy. What if he yeah. was the one to return to Cleveland again? It would be, it would be funny if they were just like the spiteful ex-girlfriend that's just like, nah, we're, we're good over here. We're building something. Cause it's like, I look at this roster and like, I'm literally in love with like the youth movement they have with this team. Like I love, um, Everything like when Sexton comes back, they're going to be even more lethal. I think they're just ready. Well, they don't have Sexton. He was part of the trade. I I, I didn't mean Sexton. I meant, I meant Garland. Sorry. Yeah, Garland uh, got hurt again. Yeah, of course. Um, hey, can we be real? Like Obaji was not a good pick. Like they they shouldn't have drafted Obaji. Oh, I thought that was the biggest flub of the first round because I'm like I don't know how he even fits with this roster. <laughs> um, but I, no, I mean yeah. So I mean I don't have much to add to what Box and I like I. I, I do love this roster. I think they're just 
they're just like burgeoning to like unlock their full potential because they were the one seed until Allen got hurt, but like they check every box like on paper. And I think that it just takes a little time with experience, but I think that's why they signed Mitchell to take him over the top. Yeah. He's a proven playoff scorer. That's it. That he'll help them in the times, like when their young guys don't know how to do it. And I think, yeah, and I think picking up um, Rubio, I think it was last year too. Yeah, um, he was hurt. He was he tore his ACL last year. That's why, like, they, all their guards got hurt except for Garland. Yeah, right, and I think that's like a vet, another veteran presence that will help kind of stabilize the ship midseason if things kind of if they have like you know a little bit of a midseason slump. Hmm. Yeah, and like we still don't know how much better Mobley's going to get. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. All, all right, one more team to talk about. Um, for now, but you know, other teams we missed. I'm pretty sure we're going to be excited to see what Dallas does with Luca. You no. know, the uh, you I think, think this so. team is going to be bad outside of Luca. He's gonna he's gonna put up stupid fantasy numbers. He's probably gonna average a triple double. It's gonna be Borg is all hell to watch. I I, I do not like this team. How about what do you like with Minnesota? I fucking love Minnesota. I love Anthony Edwards. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was still a good trade. I think they paid too much for him. Um, but fuck it. That's what they, they got to do. Um, Anthony Edwards is going to be really good. This team is built differently than those Utah teams. Like they can actually defend kind of like they still, they still have, uh, McDaniels. Um, like Anthony Edwards could lock people up. Maybe towns is, you know, will actually try on defense, but this is, this is a, a solid team that actually has some foundation, whether they're going to go is ultimately going to come to Edwards. And I don't know how much more moves they can make. Like in theory, like maybe that's where you put Chris Paul for, for Russell West or D'Angelo Russell. Like maybe that's, that's the move for them to upgrade the point guard. Cause I, 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 D'Angelo Russell has not been good since he left Brooklyn. Uh, And maybe he was overrated there because that team was terrible. Um, but no, I, I like the Minnesota team. I, I think they're going to be exciting. Um, I, I'm just waiting for Anthony Edwards to do something crazy. I still don't understand his acting. I like. I'm so perplexed by his the character that he chose for that movie. Um, that could be like a whole different rant in itself. This was the Adam Sandler movie, right? Yeah. He he he. His character name was Kermit. He went to the to Kentucky. They were comparing him to the number two pick. Like, why would you want to be a less pick than you were in the actual draft? <laughs> And also, the kid is undrafted. Why would you compare him to the number two pick? Like, we don't do that. How about with yeah. Joker resigning with Denver? Do we think that and a returning Jamal Murray can give them the hope and dreams that the people of Denver wanted? Depends on Michael Porter Jr. That's that's really it. Like, if he's Michael Porter Jr. that like he actually could be like the Baker Clay with the jump shot and can actually play defense, yeah. They're going to be dangerous as fuck. But if he's the Michael Porter Jr. that we saw the nine games before um, he got hurt again, like that, he might ultimately be like a sunk cost. And that would be like crazy. And if he's a sunk cost, you got to try to move him. The question is where? I think the ringer had the best, like, like yeah. he's the type of piece that maybe you flip for Jimmy Butler. Oh. Then That's that just, was another one with re-signing Tyler Hero. Does oh they're going to be Miami? Terrible. No, you still don't think you think they don't have a starting power playoffs. forward. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're, look. They're gonna be objectively like they'll they'll figure it out and they'll be better than people expected. And there's a good chance they do some dumb shit and they they upset a couple teams in the playoffs. 
Um, I really like their draft though. They they got that that the Djokovic kid who I really wanted San Antonio to draft because he would have fit really well. Um, and maybe we get more like a healthy Oladipo and Tyler here, like, and maybe, uh, but they they don't have a power forward. Yeah, it feels like they kind of took like two steps back this offseason just with you know just and, by election. I, I I'm not as high on Miami as like people were last year. I think that they definitely took some steps back. I think that with with going back to the Michael Porter Jr., I think that there's still probably a couple plays in in their hand to make a move by the trade deadline, maybe in February or March, whenever it is, um, because I think that they may be like a piece away from taking the the, the final step to get get over the uh, the finish line and compete with Golden State. Oh, and the other thing with Miami. We're now in year three of waiting for Bam to get a jump shot <laughs> um, or or be able to consistently hit a mid-range. Not just like a three-pointer, but like a mid-range jumper and be like consistent. Like he's a really, really good player, but it's kind of weird that a guy who is in Miami and was like has this workhorse mentality still does not have this skill set in him. I think that was the sell on him too. Was like he's kind of a grinder. He's not going to be like the ultra talented guy. Like I understand learning a skill set and keeping a defense honest, but like I don't know how much more you can get out of him as well. I, I don't. I don't understand why he can't figure figure this out. Like that's the thing. Simmons figure it out. You know. Well, that's I. Yeah, that's because he doesn't want to. I don't think mentally they're yeah. the same person. I think I. I think it's very frustrating to Miami fans, and I think it's it may be one of the rare issues misses on the the coaching staff that we're now in year three waiting for this to develop. Yeah. Look, they taught Josh Richardson to shoot for like two years and that kept him, that got him like $80 million and he was the the centerpiece for the Jimmy Butler trade. Like you can't tell me you can't teach Bam how to shoot a 15 footer. I taught myself how to shoot a 15 footer. (laughs) You know, Bach, you really do give off coaching vibes. I really, I really think if it, if you're, uh, once you're finished with your career in a EMT work, or if there's a great 60 minutes or real sports story where you go into coaching, um, I support that. I, I mean, I've had coaching gigs. I coached uh, when I was like 24. I coached, I was an assistant coach of a girls basketball team. And then there was a couple of gigs that oh, really? I tried out for. Yeah. No way. Oh man. Alex, would you be a good coach or would you suck? No. No, <laughs> I do not like children. <laughs> Well, it, that's very nice to hear. <laughs> that's that's definitely. I don't think a they like me either. <laughs> that's, very, a, that's a sigh. I think I think what it is too, like yeah, it's a good sound, but I I think I'm I'm just like too impatient for a lot of people with learning. I I kind of got like a little bit of that LeBron thing where it's like I I expect, I expect you to like come in with like a lot to work with. <laughs> well, that's why you can't teach like little little kids, but if you get like like a high school level or something. Yeah, like the main thing is defense, right? Like you really have to teach the youth defense. Well, you also got to like, well, you don't really need to teach it. You just need to like inspire them to play defense. I think like you can, you can, you can teach like positioning, like, you know, having like being, you know, forcing a guy to his right or to his left and getting in the positions and sets. But like, I I think a lot of it is just like uh, desire. Right. Okay. Okay. How, and, um, Basically, I think those are the big other teams that give a few minutes. So, I mean, the Kings, we like Mike Brown. We think Mike Brown's going to be the one to change, the, to have the Kings be respectful again. Running I his, think they uh, could be the player. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't see why not. Like, you got to remember that they're, they're not chasing Victor. 
So there's going to be some teams that are going to chase Victor. Like, so San Antonio and Utah and Oklahoma City and the Rockets are all worse than the Kings. That's four teams right there. Um, so I, the Lakers are probably a little bit better than them. Maybe Portland is better than them. Um, I think Portland's going to fall out. Yeah, like those the that's six teams right there. There's what thirteen teams in a conference. Yep, sixteen teams in a conference. That's that that's ten teams left. Like by by definition, if they don't <laughs> like they like they like mathematically, they have to make it. Um. Well, yeah, I I mean that, that that's my ceiling for them. I think you just said it perfectly. I don't think that um I don't see them doing anything beyond vying for the play in. That's it. Which is fine for them. They don't care. Yeah, yeah they well, need something. Motherfucker. Sorry, Washington Yankees. <laughs> um, you were you were saying, Matt, you got threats str- like me. <laughs> Standing just struck out with the runner on second. This team is three outs away from going down two nothing. What a shame. Keep continue. Sorry, he's loaded. Yeah, God. I, I like their rookie. I they fucked up with the Halliburton trade, but you know, they they'll they'll, they'll be fun, kind of. Maybe Darren they'll Fox will take a step. Look, they'll, they'll they, they make the plan. Like, you make the play on and and a thing or two breaks right, and maybe you convince somebody that, hey, maybe I want to be – I could be the next Phoenix or something. I want to be – yeah, I mean, that case fair. The only true case fair is Hassan – what's his name? The comedian? Hassan Minaj. Yeah. I love Hassan Minaj. <laughs> I think he's great. All right. We definitely have to give just a few minutes on the Knicks – that I hope makes the play in. Um, didn't get Donovan Mitchell, but we get Jalen Brunson. Um, I really hope Julius Randle, since he, we're clearly stuck with him, not saying he needs to uh, be Wait, the hold on. great. Let's, let's be clear. You're not clearly stuck with him. I'm pretty sure you convinced the Lakers to take it for Westbrook. You really think so? I mean, do you really think that Russ would be a good fit? No, but I think that they would waive him in the same way that they were thinking about doing that trade if they got Donovan Mitchell anyway. I mean, I, I honestly, anything better because he clearly doesn't like it here. He doesn't like us. I really can't think of a New York athlete who in between seasons had so much, had so much going for him with so much love. And then, you know, turns into a hater after the fact. And um, we're, I feel like the vibe here is we just want to see him at least give a damn. And if not, then whatever. It's RJ's well, team, and and I seeing think this duo of him again, and Jalen could be legit. Yep. I I think this falls back to that same thing that I was very adamant about that one year. It was a fluke. Everything yeah. about that season was I, a fluke. His I, shooting I, I was a fluke. Your defense was a fluke. That. Um, all of it was 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 a fluke. Like you you put too much stock in. Um, I think you got some young nice guys. Um, RJ got better. I think, look, the sad thing is Jalen Brunson is the best point guard you've had since Lynn Sanity or skinny Raymond Felton the first time. Um, like I was a decade ago. Yeah. Lynn Sanity was a decade ago and skinny Raymond Felton was like 2009. Um, just about uh, like, (laughs) yeah, dude, I was, I was a freshman in college when Lynn, Lynn Sanity happened. Um, uh, that's like, this 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 is uh, I don't know you might be, you'll be better I, I look there's gonna be teams in front of you that are, are aren't gonna be good um like like the the teams that are gonna make the playoffs Boston Miami or Boston uh Milwaukee Philly Toronto Brooklyn Brooklyn maybe Cleveland. Cleveland there's a couple spots left I think you're just as you're just as good as the Bulls if not yeah, better. They- 
like they're gonna blow up. Um, I think you're better than Atlanta too. You, yeah, you you maybe. I mean, the, I don't know. Atlanta's kind of weird. You're at, you're at least kind of on. I, I would put you all in the same like thing. You're better than you're better than the um, playing banks. <laughs> you're in that eight to ten range. Um, you're better. We'll you're, you're better it. than Washington. Like, I mean, you don't have the 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 luxury that the the Kings do of having all these teams tank. Like, there's going to be three teams that tank in, at least in 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 the East, and it's um uh the Magic are tanking just just mostly because they're bad. Uh, Detroit may be better than people expect. Um, Indiana, Indiana's, Indiana is going to be the worst team in the, in the conference. Um, but like, you're better than those teams. Washington could could easily implode again. Um, I'm pretty sure the Hornets are going to be terrible. Um, so I mean, like, you have a shot at the plan. You could be a frisky. T- Look, I think the funniest thing would be if you played Philly in round one. I think you actually have a puncher's chance against Philly. Um. That'd be a tough seven team series, but you know, I mean, stranger, like I said, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I, I, that. I, I, I think the worst, the best outcome would be you somehow ended up in Toronto in the first round. I think that's an actual team in the first round that you could beat, or it would be really fun if you played Brooklyn. That would be probably my favorite series. <laughs> yeah, this year, fair. I just want to see our young guys, you know, get another year of legitimate growth. I'd like to see what IQ can do if he really has the potential that people think he might have. We want to see Obi making some moves. And, you know, it'll be a question if he's going to get minutes again because Julius is still here. Um, Mitch Robinson, if we could just have a full healthy season from him, that'll be a win. And like I said before, with Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett, if those are the two top guys that can lead to something, then, uh, you never know. And, um, you know, when I watched last night's game, a tough loss against Memphis that we were in it until the end. But we no, you, weren't, you weren't in that. It, you weren't in it for most of that game. Like the fact that it went at all. When I got the overtime alert, I was surprised. You were down like 20. Yeah. And that push, you know, I, I liked what uh, I like seeing what um, Isaiah Hardenstein did. That was know, he looked pretty good. So um, if he could be anything like that, Cam Reddish looked like what he did in college. So. You yep. never know. I, as long as these guys like Thibs and we can just get another year of growth. Uh, when you yeah. got and you got a lot of favorable games in the first uh, couple weeks of the season, you got Detroit, Orlando, Charlotte, um, Atlanta. So you know there's a lot of games to work things out and see what you got. And uh, Evan Fortier, please make clutch threes like that one time you you did it once at the first game of the season. And oh, that only works again. when he plays Boston. <laughs> I think last year he averaged like 37 against Boston. <laughs> oh my goodness last just funny things i'm just interested to in you guys before we make our finals predictions you know in this world of media that's we're trying to grow this brand together i'm just curious who are some of the nba commenters you guys like i know bach you like the ringer so i'm assuming that's, you like that's Rusillo. about it. i just listen to uh, i mean i listen to Rusillo. i love koc and i like uh uh bill simmons uh bill simmons i like i um Who's the guy who does the thing with the the mismatch with um KOC? Uh Chris Vern. Mm-hmm. His voice just bothers me a little bit. I but other than that, I, I like listening. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, and, and, and like I cannot stand listening to Walls. I, I I just don't like listening to him at all. I don't like him on, <laughs> on the ringer and I don't like him on the young Turks either. I just I anytime I see him on something, I just like no, I'm not listening to it. That's funny. That's funny. Who do you like, Alex? Whose opinion do you value if anyone's? 
Um, that, that was the, NBA. I, I I value very few people's opinions these days. Um, mm-hmm. I like you know, I, I definitely like Bill Simmons. Um, I think he's he's been kind of cast out, but he's fantastic. Um, I, I I mean I don't know. I because the the problem is that ESPN owns pretty much everything NBA, and they're virtually unlistenable. So I, I don't I don't there's nobody there's no voice at ESPN I really value. So I, I it's kind of hard to not like Stephen A. Or, uh, or he's just uh, he, he's just a puppet. He's just, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> there's a whole lot there. I I don't know, man. I just I I rather listen to my peers and and hear what's going on with you know people on the right. streets. I okay. think that's way to go. Respect it. Respect just, it. I, well, and 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 in, in fairness too, just watching the games and watching the tape, like that's part of the work too. What do you guys think of Colin Cowherd? I don't actually listen. To him. I don't listen to the radio. Hmm. Or or his Fox show. I watch it. I, I like his I like his college football segments, but I think he's kind of hacky. I think he just his confidence is amazing, and he has the largest, the thickest skin because a lot of people hate that guy. But hey, What's, I think it shows that the confidence is key when you make your takes. And like all you gotta day, do is always assume you're right. That's that's what <laughs> I do. Yeah, and like <laughs> even um, when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> I mean, today he said Kirk Cousins was the one who threw the. Uh, Minneapolis miracle and it was case <laughs> it was case Keenum instead like wow but well no one said he, no one said he didn't have a brain injury I mean come on <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like I don't know I wouldn't like from just from experience when you're in LA too long you you start to garner some kind of like mental illness like there's definitely something to that so I think that he probably just has hubris out the ears and I think he's kind of caught up in that LA lifestyle especially being over at Fox Oh, my goodness. Having said that, let's transition to these finals picks, especially now that we have an editor who works for us who could really capture what you say. Tell me the big question in every single podcast, every single radio show, every single TV show, every single streaming service. Every time you talk to someone at the bar, at the bus stop, on the subway, at the train station, on a boring first date. Tell me who is going to win the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA. Who is going to win the Western Conference Finals. And then tell me from that matchup, who will be your NBA champion this season? I'll start it. I think the Boston Celtics, with their additions to the offseason, despite the issues going on with their coaching staff, they are still have a great core together. They can score. They can play defense. And uh, with the momentum they have going, I think there's no reason not to see Celt- the Celtics back in the Eastern Co- uh, so in the NBA Finals. And, you know, I hate the Celtics. I'm a Knicks fan. But I believe Boston is going to win the East. For the West, I actually expect to see the Clippers. And I've done this before wow. two years ago. I'm going to take a bold prediction that Kawhi Leonard is able to return to form with his ACL injury. And I know it's very hard. Not a lot of people can come back to that. But with Paul George and some of the draft picks and a good coach in Tyrone Lue, I think even if it's a fluke that the Los Angeles Clippers are going to somehow make the way back to the finals. And I want to say one thing on the record, and this isn't my take, but I heard this on the fan that once Kawhi retires, he's just going to get his porch and we're never going to see him ever again. He'll get his Hall of Fame induction and then he will just be 
a true mystery. And how can you not like that? Like he's true, literally the most humble athlete maybe in our lifetime. He just, he just balls and, and he's just a regular ass dude. I just want to throw that out there. Wait, I have a question for you. Yeah. If they win the title, does he hang up his jersey as a Clipper or as a Raptor? Oh, as a Clipper. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Um, uh, how about I was? That's a good question, actually. The, I think they both the, hang it up. Yeah, then yeah, that's the. I think so too. And he's also won finals when with the Spurs, but no, he will he not. He will that. not get a banner from the San Antonio Spurs. That will not happen. You don't think they retire his number? <laughs> no. Oh, he he ended. He he broke the trend. He would have been. He was the heir apparent, and he ran away. That's true. That's true. But hey, that's something, that'd be something if he leads two Fred, two starving franchises to their first titles. That'd be a great story. On the brink of them getting a brand new arena, I believe next season. Uh, that's a cool story for Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi is probably top three favorite players ever. I just love that guy. And tough, you he know, was he was for me until you know. Oh yeah, he's they <laughs> ran to they ran up. Uh, I think I blame Zaza. This is still all Zaza's fault. <laughs> I, I I couldn't agree. I couldn't disagree with you more, Matt. I, I think he's like the most thin skinned fucking child, honestly. Kawhi uh, Leonard, like where do you? Yeah, he's, he's just super th- quiet. I don't think he's humble either. No, I, I think I think he's full of himself. I think that he's very insular, like with his operations, and and I and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just think that um, he leaves you know too many people wondering and questioning, and and he keeps too many people at bay. And I think that just rubs people the wrong way. I think that. Just by omission, I think he's very like very elitist, very like above the fray. Because frankly, he could have had better communications with the organization over the past two years relating to his injury, where they could have worked out a structural deal to, um, you know, bring some more talent onto that roster in the past year and a half. So I think they could have done more to maximize the Clippers' chances to win, and it's kind of a shot at his ability to not lead a team as well. Well, I definitely hear your points, and they're definitely valid, but I think that adds to the mystique of this mystery guy. It's almost like a wrestler playing kayfabe. He just happens to have this ability to have Hall of Fame NBA talent, and whether I could understand how that could turn people off with him being so quiet. It's like, does this person even give a shit? Wait, but, hold on. To be fair, Tim Duncan was quiet also, and he's the greatest power forward of all time. Yeah, but he, but he, but he led by his actions. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, it's different with Kawhi. He didn't run away, like you said. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I mean, he almost points. did. Sorry, man. <laughs> and, well, no, I, you know. All right, I so who do you have points, winning? I, I, out of those, I think so the Celtics will will win their long-awaited championship first time since uh, 2008. Nice. So nice. Celtics winning the finals, and that burns my heart. But they're a good team, and uh, nice. and they just improved in the offseason. Buck, you want to go? Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh I have Milwaukee uh, going to the finals. Um, I think Giannis is pissed. Uh, <laughs> I I think um, he's mad that they didn't win. Um, and I don't think we've ever really seen him like angry before. I I think like like he knows what it takes and he knows like where the difference is. And I I don't think he's just going to run over everybody. I think it's really going to be a hard time not to give him his third MVP. Um, I I I just do. Um, on the other side. I know this is going out on a limb a little, and I think I said this a couple of years ago. Go for it. Um, I think the Nuggets are going to the finals. Um, I I want to see a finals matchup between the last two MVPs. Um, first of all, because I think that series would be fun as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
second because I I really like Jokic. Uh, it's like a lot of fun to watch it. Um, I, I I think Milwaukee's still the better team, but I think that would be a really good series. And I and I think like that would be like a huge thing for Denver to go to the finals. I think they had the ability to do it. Um, it it's, it's going to come down to health, really. Yeah, I'm glad you emphasized health at the end there because that would be my transition with picking the West. I think my heart says Golden State versus Denver um, with Denver advancing to the finals, but my brain says Golden State versus Memphis and Golden State returning to the finals um, just because of how they have multiple ways to win and, and they have you know poise in those, in those deep playoff runs in the years past. But if we're going to shift to the East, I'm going to take Milwaukee as well, and I think that it's probably going to be a Golden State-Milwaukee uh, matchup with Milwaukee prevailing. I just think that Giannis is the best player in the league and um, they're the best team on paper. All right, gentlemen. Well, that wraps this up. The NBA season has officially begun, even if most people don't care until after the NFL season or Christmas, but it's still here. And uh, we like that. And I'm excited to cover another year with you gentlemen and some other people along the way. And let's go Nick selfishly, but let's go NBA in general. And the big goal I want so when it becomes to the postseason, we don't have a boring, grueling, rip your eyes out postseason like we did last year. That was terrible. I what close games were there. So let's make let's see if the NBA season will be relevant in some way, form or another, and that the postseason is going to be entertaining this time. So, uh, right? Any final words that you guys want to say? No, I'm good. <laughs> All Matt. right. Matt, I want to thank you again. Looking forward to another great season. And um, let's rock and roll. Swish, swish. Appreciate you, gentlemen. We'll see you very soon. All right. Fresh faces, new ideas. Alex Ranelio. Peace out. Have a good one, guys. Faces and Alex, huge thumbs up to you guys. Thank you for breaking this NBA season with me. Hopefully it's a good one. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Productive Pod, We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We will see you next week with another stellar week of podcasts we definitely will have our usual wednesday nfl show and we might throw some surprises after that but again thank you to everybody who has been supporting the show for the past two years we will have a second anniversary show to celebrate in the next coming weeks and again this is an absolute journey i can't do it without my amazing team i can't do it without dolo and i can't do it without you the greatest fans and listeners in the world thank you for tuning in thank you for sharing Thank you for supporting. And in return, we're going to give you quality content every week, as per usual, across the world of sports, news, entertainment, and culture. So I'll see you next week. Have a wonderful and safe weekend. Don't forget to check it out on your friends and family. And do the right thing. My name is Matt Brown. I'm the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I'll see you next week. All right, love you all. Peace. All she needed was some.